Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome back to this episode of Football Americana. I have two very special guests actually with me. When I usually say which with me, it's on the Zoom screen, but actually with me in my home, my good friends and teammates over the years. We have Allie Krieger and Ashlyn Harris. They've won a couple World Cups each, like no big deal. I did go on Wikipedia just to verify and quite impressive um, accolades, obviously. Um, Allie coming from Virginia, Ashlyn from Florida. We're going to um, talk about a lot of things, but first want to just get each of you to talk a little bit about your youth soccer upbringing. We see you now crushing it. And, you know, where did it all start and what was it like? We'll start with you, Allie. In Virginia, talk a little bit about, um, yeah, youth soccer and in, in yeah, the beginning. I loved, um, first of all, thank you for having us. Um, this is so fun hanging out with you um, outside of the soccer field and stadium. So, um, but I, I really enjoyed soccer growing up. I had a really great youth soccer experience. I started out at, I think, five six years old, chasing my brother around the indoor facility on the Cosmos in Northern Virginia. And um, I really started playing soccer because of him. I wanted to just hang out with him all the time and be around him. So he really kind of got me into that um, love of the game. And then we would play out in the yard all the time. I didn't start my first club team until seven, um, my first girls club team. So that was the Prince William Sparklers. And so shout out to PWSI uh, at home. And I had a really a really good team. We stuck together, like eight of us stuck together from seven to age 18. And so we really um, built a a quality team that I feel like I, you know, molded into such a good player at a young age because of that. And my dad was my coach. And so we won state championships and we went to regionals and we had a really good club experience. And so I felt like everything was at my fingertips, like in my youth soccer career. And um, I just really enjoyed it. And I had so much fun with my teammates who, you know, I've built lifelong friendships with. Um, And so I I think I molded into a good player at a young age because of the players that were around me were so good. Yeah. And you know what's interesting? It's like people always ask, like, what's the right path to get Mm -hmm. to the pro? And the the only thing that everyone has in common is that, is that they Mm -hmm. enjoyed it and had a quality experience. And no Mm -hmm. one's like, oh, I learned this skill at this age Mm -hmm. or won the state cup in whatever year. That's mm-hmm. never part of anyone's bios. So right. it's always it's always good to hear the passion that people talk about their youth soccer experience with. When they keep playing for this many years, you have mm-hmm. to have enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So what, what about you, Ashlyn? I know you played with boys. Yeah, mine was a little <laughs> yeah. different. Different experience. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Honestly, I was a kid who played it all. I think that was a huge um, part of who I am mm-hmm. is I love to play all different types of sports. And um, yeah, I started playing soccer when I was five, like most, you know, people, I guess. Mm -hmm. I just started trying to get into anything that would keep me active. I was a super rambunctious kid. So um, I can only imagine little Ash (laughs) running around. Exactly. So I always wanted to be my brother. Like whatever my brother was doing, I wanted to be, you know, better than him, which Mm -hmm. most of the time I was. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Uh, Yeah. So I played, started playing with soccer when I was five and uh, I played till I was 15 with boys And I played for the Palm Bay Rangers and Mm -hmm. South Brevard United. But that was like kind of the closest I could, you know, it was accessible for me at the time. I know a lot of people could do all these traveling teams. And Mm -hmm. I just 
tried to put myself in positions where I was challenged often. And I played with boys at a, I think it was like a year or two up. And it really challenged me. It was really hard. So by the time I was about eight, people began, like they were fast and they were strong. And I started fouling people a ton. And I loved like the scissor kick came out. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like like, slide. I would be like literally slide tackling, (laughs) taking everyone out. And people were like, okay, girl, you are wild. You need to get in goal. Like, so you can get away with it. If you like to be on the ground that much, you need to be in goal. So yeah, I started playing in goal and playing with boys. And that's actually where I kind of, I guess, got my little break. I was at a tournament and some youth national team coach was like, wait, that's a girl? <laughs> and called up, you know, the de- the like developmental, what I think is ODP and like national team. And that's kind of when I started to be like, oh, that's a thing. Yeah. Sure, I'll try out. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is too funny. And, and you know, like growing up when, when you guys were a little older, I you know, being from the East Coast also mm-hmm. had, had eventually heard of you guys' names and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, Ashlyn, you kind of shared a little bit of this, but was there a moment, Allie, where you were like, oh, I'm actually really good or somebody told you, you know, you could play professionally? Like, when did that come into your consciousness? Yeah. Um, so I think in high school, it's when I received the Gatorade Player of the Year Award um, for the state of Virginia, my senior year, I think it was 2003. And um, I feel like that Making first of all, making the varsity team as a freshman kind of was like, okay, like maybe I am like good and I can stick with this. And I actually really enjoy playing on a team and all the things that come along with that. But then my senior year, um, getting, you know, a lot of letters in the mail from colleges and kind of having that whole experience and going to tournaments and college coaches being there and coming to our games and like watching it, it did feel like, okay, maybe this can kind of move on to the next level and I am good and I need to just kind of see how far this can go. And so I think at high school, like junior, senior year uh, was, was a time where I was like, Hmm, okay. And, and club team was going really well. We were running states and regionals and all the things. And I was in ODP as well um, at 16. So I think, yeah, I think um, just those, I guess, road signs um, were, were really clear to me that this could probably be a really good path yeah. to take. And when you say a really good path to take, like what was the end vision of that path? Was it playing for the national team? Like what, who were you seeing that you were like, I want to be like them? Yeah. So at age 11, going to the 99 World Cup um, in DC, I was so enamored with the whole experience and the environment and being in the stadium and watching, you know, the national team players play and, you know, Mia Hamm and Christina Lilly and Julie Foudy and, I mean, uh, Cindy Parlow at the time. And it was just like, I want to be there. I want to be them. And I, this can be a thing. And this is like a dream that can come true because they're doing it. And I just saw how strong and passionate and powerful those women were at that time. And and it just motivated me to want to do the same. And so I, I always had that in the back of my mind. I wasn't sure like, okay, one step at a time, I got to actually go to college and play and then see. Um, so I think, yeah, it was in, it was getting to college and then noticing and recognizing okay, like now I can kind of set my goals a little yeah. bit higher. Yeah. And Ashlyn, curious, because you had a little bit of different path. <laughs> like, did you, were you watching, you know, goalkeepers on the national team? Like, what were you thinking at, at that point when you started to be seen? Did you have any clue, like, no. what you wanted to do with this? Or? No, I had no idea. At what point At what point did it dawn on you that there was something you could, like, you could make this a career? I think I, I was uh, about eighth grade and maybe 13 at the time. And I went in with the national team, like the U19 national team. I was like a baby. And this is when I started meeting like Lindsay Tarpley, like um, Chupa, Lori Mm -hmm. Kolupny, Leslie Osborne. That was kind of their age group. And they were 18 at the time. So they Mm -hmm. were getting ready to go to college. So I started to go into these camps prepping for the first U19 Youth World Cup, but I was a baby. I was like 14 years old. I wasn't even in high school yet. So I started to randomly (laughs) get these letters because I think coaches didn't realize how young I actually was. Um, And I started getting these college letters and I'm like, ah, it was like a joke. And I would like put it on my refrigerator because no one at the time in my family went to college. I was going to be the first. So when I really like 
started taking it seriously. I was like, wait, this is a thing. Like you go to college. Wait, I have to like really pay attention to my education. Like, oh dear. (laughs) And that's kind of started. It was like a running joke in my family. I would bring the letters to my grandma and be like, oh, look, this is from Harvard. Like who would have (laughs) thought? And it was like a really, it was like a running joke. Um, But yeah, then I was like, oh, oh shoot. Like I actually have to get good grades. Like I Mm -hmm. have to work on like my essay, my what? My essay, what? <laughs> my SATs? Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I, that's I'm like this. this. Is, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm picturing exactly what yeah. this was. This yeah. So, so my parents like held it over my head because I was a wild child. Like I was like not focused. I mean, I was focused because I was good at what I was doing, but academic, like mm-hmm. I wasn't yeah. studying. <laughs> then I was like, oh, I have to stay after school and like ask for help. This is like comical. Um, so that's like kind of when the transition started to change because I was like, oh, smokes, I need to get good grades to go to college. And this is like, there's not one without the other. Mm -hmm. And I didn't quite understand that until, you know, people really told me like, no, you have to like, actually, like this is a thing, (laughs) like this is your way out. Yeah. So that's when my life like really changed. And I started to focus on my academics and really try to study hard and, you know, made everything a priority and, you know, my life started to change quickly. Yeah. And it's so interesting to hear that because on a serious note, I mean, the story is hilarious, but it's also really serious because you can see for you what soccer has been in your life Mm -hmm. and how it's taken you on this journey that you had no idea even existed, Mm -hmm. really. And I actually have a funny story. I wonder if you remember this. (laughs) So the first time I met Ashlyn, (laughs) we were were at like a connecting flight or something at the airport or maybe getting picked up at the airport at a a U19 youth national team event. And you had, you were like the veteran by that point. This was years later. You had been, you had been in the last World Cup and you showed up and you were like wearing the coolest possible way you could make the khakis and polo look. No. So Ashlyn, so we all wear khakis and polo. So it's not an indictment. We all had to wear it. But you had it with like the reef sandals, the really thick ones at the bottom and the shell neck. And I was like, oh, you could actually make this outfit look cool. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this Ashlyn. Ooh, I had shells. Yeah, the shells. So I don't know if you want to bring those back ever, but. Uh, I do. I actually have been wearing them. She has. I have, oh, they're she coming has back. Oh, they're coming back. She has a puka That's shell. I do. Yeah. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I'll be ready for them to come back. <laughs> okay. But yeah, that was my first, first time I actually met you. But I had heard, like I said, I heard about you guys as players. And then, mm-hmm. so we're going to fast forward a little. So you did go to college at UNC where I was fortunate <laughs> enough to actually get to know you and play with you and then Allie at Penn State mm-hmm. and following that you know you guys both um between playing here I know Allie obviously you started off your professional career in mm-hmm. Europe mm-hmm. but both of you have had the experience of playing here and extensive experience playing in Europe I'm curious to hear from you and we'll let you start Ashlyn just with how has the league and and professional women's soccer here changed over the years and what's your general take on like how do we stand compared to what's going on in Europe? You know, you see the, the, the progress there is mm-hmm. unbelievable, but also here in a lot of ways. So kind of what's your general take on mm-hmm. professional women's soccer? Yeah, so the first time when I, I didn't, so when I graduated at UNC, did we both graduate in 2009? Uh, I, I left a year before you actually, because you were, you redshirted, I guess. Yes, so yes, you were yes, there, yes. Okay. you got a lot of extra time. So there, there like the season kind of was just gearing up. It was just coming back. You know, it had, it was like there was a break. Mm -hmm. So um, I remember the excitement, but the first few years in in college, like there was no next step. So I was like, oh gosh, do I have to go to Germany? Like, what does this look like? Um, But so Mm -hmm. now when I like think about all the different experiences from the beginning part of my, you know, college career and what what I was trying to figure out next. And then, you know, the league wasn't very stable. And, you know, I was looking into going to Europe. And then I played in Europe, like, really early on in Germany. I just remember, so I'm going to jump from both. When I went to Germany, I had, like, 14-year-olds on my team. And I was like, huh? <laughs> What's going on? Like, 16-year-olds who were playing mm-hmm. in professional games, getting paid, like, and they were good. And one of those players was Lika Martins who now plays for Barcelona, Mm -hmm. who's one player of the year. Like, she was, like, 15 years old. And we're like, yeah, great. Um, So it's interesting, like, when I jump back and forth, I didn't realize the importance of that and and its development. Like, that kid has been playing professional soccer since Mm -hmm. she was probably 13 or 14 years old. And we she would go to school, and she would come in and train, and she would do all the things. So now when I think back— because in the NWSL, 
in the US, our league, it is so hard for college kids to make the jump to the NWSL. Mm -hmm. But imagine if they were playing in it three, four years before that. And it's it's interesting because so many people are going to fight you on this. Like, is college the right route? Is going professional the right route? Like, it's really hard to say. I don't know what is correct because I enjoyed college so much. I mean, we we enjoyed our environment so much. It was so cutthroat. It mm-hmm. was so it made me into a pro. I just don't know if everyone has that experience. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate because they lose three or four years once mm-hmm. they come into the league trying to get to that level and standard. Imagine if they just had it when they were 15. Yeah. In those growing years. So I just it's such a hard it's interesting, right? So I, it's like you can talk about this for hours. What's the best way to go? And there is so many options. Whereas when we were younger, we didn't mm-hmm. have all of these yeah. things. It wasn't a discussion. People weren't making this type of money in professional sports. Like for me, I was like, I am staying. I'm getting my education. It is expensive. And I know like the pay gap at the time was just, it wasn't even worth it. It wasn't worth going to professional sports. Now the narrative changed. So it's yeah. interesting. Like, I don't know. I, yeah. Well, it's really interesting commentary. And I, I think you're right. It's like, if we were coming up and considering mm-hmm. the college process, especially I'm listening to you, like laughing about the letters you were getting, like if there was an actual professional environment that that you felt like was an avenue, that might've been something you mm-hmm. considered. And, and then Ali, you know, you said too, there wasn't even a league when you were mm-hmm. in college, there was no professional league here. So there wasn't, it wasn't like right at home, you could have played professional soccer. Mm-hmm. College was the next step. Yes. And Ali, I mean, definitely same for you, because then when you left college, if you wanted yeah. to continue your career, you had to go to Europe. So yeah. like, how did that impact you? The fact you didn't even have a choice right mm-hmm. off the bat, and you spent a number of years um, playing mm-hmm. in Germany. Yeah, five and a half years there. I, you know, it was the, when WUSA had folded. Um, and and I was like, well, what next? Like, we had just gone to Vasa, Finland for the U23 tournament where we beat Germany in the final. Um, and then I got a random call from an, Amer- uh, an American German agent um, who had worked with one of my dad's players and who was actually playing in the second Bundesliga over in Germany. And he says, hey, you know, a number of coaches saw you at the tournament. Would you be interested in, you know, coming to play? And First of all, would you even like consider that? Second of all, you know, I have a few teams that are interested, one in Sweden, one in France, and then in Germany. And I said, oh gosh, I didn't even know like that really existed. Like, is this like a thing? Like, you know, and at that time, a lot of, you know, women's football games weren't on TV. Like we, we wouldn't, we would maybe randomly see a Champions League game or at that time, a Europa League game. Um like every so often, I just, I can't remember a moment really knowing that Barcelona had a women's team or, um, and so I said, well, yeah, I mean, either that, either I come and I take that risk or I stay home and I train with like my high school guy friends twice a week from, you know, playing pickup. And that's just not good. It does sound fun, but I don't think that's going to get me, um, you know, that's going to get me to the national team. And that was like my mentality at the time. Like I want to play on the national team. So how can I put myself in a situation where, you know, I'm going to grow and I'm going to be better both on and off the field and and get to where I want to be. And so Europe was really the only choice. And so I just took a risk. I had nothing really to lose. Um, I just took two bags and went over and Ended up uh, trying out for Frankfurt. Little did I know there were seven German national team players on the team. Mm. You know, you had decent, decent team. Yeah, <laughs> no Steffi idea. Jones, Silke yeah. Rottenberg, Mia Kunzer. I mean, they just won the World Cup the previous year, um, and this was 2007. So no, that year they won, and I'm like coming, showing up. They're like winners in the World Cup, and I'm just like, I can't believe that now I like have this opportunity to play with them, and and that year we won the treble. Um, 2007, 2008, um, you know, the German Cup, the Bundesliga title, and then the Champions League, which was incredible. And I had such a good experience, so I ended up staying longer. And um, I really feel like going off of what Ash said about, like, the different styles and structures and models, um, I also had, you know, uh, Svenja Huth was actually 16 at the time playing in a Champions League game, and she played right mid. And um, it's just really impressive to see how you know, integrated that these younger kids are able to get 
into, you know, those models that are in Europe. And I think that really benefited um, not only them as individual players, but the league in general and then their national teams. And so I feel like that's how they're getting so much better quickly. Um, and I do think the styles are a little bit different, but I, I decided to mix the two and kind of come up with my own. And I feel like it really helped, um, you know, just challenge me and, and make me into a better person and player and ultimately make the national team. So that risk kind of led me to my dream job, which yeah. was amazing. Yeah, it's so interesting to hear you guys talk about the different, you're right, the different models to the professional mm-hmm. game. And mm-hmm. really what I think of when, when you're talking about in Europe, especially, is like the professional team is a part of the development process. It's mm-hmm. all linked together. And here it's disjointed because we haven't had a professional league at times. So there isn't one, you know, you play for your youth club, mm-hmm. then you go, maybe you move across the country to play at a college somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then you move somewhere else to play in your pro team. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of all, it, it, they're all different stages rather than, you know, just coming up living in in Frankfurt mm-hmm. and then you play for the pro team when you're ready. Mm-hmm. So it's just, a, it's interesting to consider all of this. Mm-hmm. But so fast forward a few too many years <laughs> and we've played against each other, with mm-hmm. each other. And now uh, we're here in this very interesting situation at mm-hmm. Gotham FC. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm really happy to have you guys here in New Jersey. And now we actually live close together and mm-hmm. everything. But um, just want to hear from your perspective a little bit about why Gotham FC at this point in your career. Obviously, we had these conversations a little bit behind the scene. I did warn you guys about the winter here before you came. I want to say, Whoa, I yes. told them. They yeah. didn't really, they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they, yeah. Then they felt uh-huh. it. But talk a little bit about, um, you know, why why is this where you want to be in your career right now? And what is it, you know, why pick up and move from your beautiful poolside <laughs> to this? Yeah. <laughs> you go first. No. Well, honestly, like I, I think it is so important to both of us mm-hmm. to like continue to challenge ourselves. Like we would be very naive and not who we are to say like, we're just doing this life and not seeking like championships mm-hmm. and, you know, really competing to grow as a like family and individually I I feel I still feel at our age we still want to learn we still want to grow we still want to compete and I think it just got really stale where we were and we take what we do very seriously and at some point you have to make really hard decisions and things don't always last forever And it was time for us to grow somewhere else Mm -hmm. and have a new challenge and a new perspective. And um, yeah, we were just like, it's time. And it was a very, very hard decision. I'm not going to say it wasn't a very hard decision because it was comfortable. Mm -hmm. Like we were, that, that was home for me, but like comfort always isn't a great thing either. Um, and that's why we were like, okay, let's let's try to grow somewhere else. And what a better place to do it than in New York City. Mm-hmm. And Ali and I both work a ton here. And, you know, we were having to turn down a lot of things because we couldn't make time. And now it's like right in our backyard. So I think it just all made sense and made sense for what we wanted with Sloan. You know, we're a queer biracial family that mm-hmm. needed to feel safe and um I feel that here and I feel like in her school, like we're celebrated and we're not questioned about things. Mm-hmm. And um, I I just think it made sense for the timing of our family and, you know, progressing mm-hmm. to making sure that, yeah, soccer in our career is very important, but so is like building our family and our foundation and the principles in which we want to live, we want to live by and um, what better place than literally the center of the universe in <laughs> New York City? Yeah, and and I won't make you repeat because that was that was extremely well yeah. said. So I won't mm-hmm. make you reiterate, but I am curious to know a little bit about you know balancing. It's obviously really unique to work with somebody, not just work with somebody, but mm-hmm. in the intensity, the level of intensity and what it's like to be a professional athlete, to mm-hmm. work in that sphere together, and then to drive home together, and then to be at home together. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you how do you guys balance that? Do you talk about it all on the way home? Do you have a cutoff where you don't talk about it anymore? Like, Ooh. how do you... <laughs> Allie, yeah. Allie sets I the cutoff. really Her, cut, yeah. <laughs> you have a timer that goes off? Uh-huh. And I mean, I could talk about her. soccer all day mm-hmm. and all night, but um, I, yeah, I know that there needs to be like a cutoff. It's, it's, it's definitely a balance that we've worked on over the years. Um, but I think it's 
also beneficial that she plays in a different position, obviously a goalkeeper. And I don't really, you know, we're, we're not together until maybe towards the end of training. Um, there's a couple exercises that we could be together, um, at, you know, from the middle to the end, if we're playing 11, 11 it just depends. But um, I think that you kind of have like your training and I have mm-hmm. my training. I think that is actually really helpful and healthy for us. But I, you know, lean on Ash a lot about just everything within soccer and, um, you know, work. And so I think we do that for both for each other. And I think, um, you know, we talk about a lot of things on the way home, um, our likes, dislikes, frustrations, our happy times, fun times, anything. And then when we get home, we're like, okay, we need to like be present for Sloan. And like, says the car ride for 30 minutes. And then we're like, all right, enough. Um, and then once we put the baby down, if we need to like, <laughs> then you, you know, revisit. something else, or we're watching a game in. or something, mm-hmm. uh, we'll talk about a few things that maybe can relate to us. But ultimately, we just, towards the end of our career, want to have fun and be happy. And yeah, always, always challenge ourselves and continue to grow because I know we've been in this game for so long and, um, but that doesn't mean that we know everything and that we're not, you know, we can, we can also continue to get better every day. And I think that's why ultimately we wanted, we wanted to change and, and, um, a new city to explore. Yeah. So it's, it is really interesting to hear because this is the stuff we don't know behind the scenes of how you guys balance it. You know, obviously we see you carry yourself so professionally when you're mm-hmm. at training and everything. And then we see the little bits on Instagram of you with, mm-hmm. with Sloan at home. But it's, it's interesting to know, you know, what, what are the conversations? How much do they veer into your <laughs> personal life or not? Mm-hmm. Um, curious to know a little bit, did you guys, you know, from the beginning of your relationship, think that you wanted to become moms while still playing? Did you have any vision of that? Or, or how has that played out in your lives? Yeah, yeah. We, we we talked about it, I think, almost often. Yeah, at the mm-hmm. very begin, beginning of our friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, we It's always been a part of, like, who we wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And it just mattered. It just, it need, the timing needed to make sense. But I remember conversations, like, a long time, almost, like, the right off that when we when we actually first met, we started talking about this and that and what we wanted to do and have an inclusive family and make it look different Mm -hmm. and really like supportive and the visibility aspect of it. We always talked about, but it wasn't until COVID when we were like, it's time. And you, it's interesting, right? Because Mm -hmm. you spoke about the joy. I think during COVID was a really good reset time for both Mm -hmm. Allie and I, because I don't know if the joy for soccer at the time was still there mm-hmm. and we needed perspective and it just happened very, very quickly. We we're mm-hmm. like, oh, we'll put our name in. We want to adopt. Probably, you know, we've heard from friends. It takes a year to three years. Mm-hmm. It took us three weeks. Um, so we were like, okay, well, we thought this would take a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like it was it was perfect timing for where we were at in our careers and how we could really be be able to do both. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a good time to show that it's important for female athletes to see that it is possible. I think we there were at the time there's always been this weird energy of moms being like, "Oh, you have to wait till you're done with your career. It's, you know, this that and mm-hmm. you know." I thought it was a really good test for us and now to speak about it, that mm-hmm. you are completely capable of having your career and being a good mom and you don't have to choose one or the other. And I think so often um, culture and like things tell us that we can't, like we have to be at home and we have to focus on one and mm-hmm. you can't do one without the other. And I mean, I am definitely here to say, is it hard? Yes, life is hard. Um, you're going to have challenges no matter what you decide to do. But we are completely capable of being mm-hmm. extremely great moms and badass professional athletes and activists mm-hmm. and anything else that drives us joy. Um, we're completely capable of doing it. And I think that was a really good thing for both Ali and I to just be a part of to say, you know, to be walking proof that we can do both and we can do both really well. Um, so I think it's like really important for people out there to know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, you said a few things that I think are so important. One had to do with like a little bit of mental health stuff and, and bringing back that joy. Mm-hmm. And the other is, you know, not just everything you do, people are watching what mm-hmm. you do and mm-hmm. it's showing everything that you do as professional athletes is showing somebody something that could be motivating, could be life-changing. Right. So I'm curious to hear from you guys a little bit about individually and together, you know, talk a little bit about that journey of becoming really public figures and standing for things more than if you train hard, you Mm -hmm. could win the World Mm -hmm. Cup, which is an important thing to stand for too. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, when did that become important to you? And I guess we can start with Mm -hmm. you, Ali. Was there a a timeframe when you realized, wow, people are watching not just how I play Mm -hmm. and try to mimic that, but they're seeing who I am. And that's, that could be life-changing for someone. Yeah, for sure. I think you know, on the national team, you kind of are already in this spotlight that you don't necessarily ask for that. You just want to show up and play football and do your job and do it really well and win championships. And so I think you have to understand that it's going to be part of it and it's going to be hand in hand. And I think throughout the years, um, it just kind of evolved as social media kind of got bigger um, and more present in kind of you know, what we do every day and like using a platform and, and really making sure that, um, you use it for, you know, the healthiest of reasons and really make sure that, you know, you put yourself out there as a role model and, um, you have kind of this sense of responsibility. Yes. Performance wise, that's like on one hand. And then the other hand, it's like, okay, I need to actually like show up and really speak out on issues that I believe in and not just be defined by football. And I think that's what Ash and I both kind of discovered during this process in years on the national team and kind of building our brands. I think we've done really well in that um, individually and then together. But I really feel like the connection with people and communicating properly um, and just being present in the moment, I think those things uh, I've done along the way. And I do feel like that's really kind of built a platform and built this uh, brand that that I have. And, and I, I want, you know, to share these experiences with our fans and supporters who have the same passion about football as I do and love the game just as much. But I do feel like you, you know, you have this sense of responsibility um, to show up and and use your voice for good. And um, I think football is kind of the underlying um, uh, piece that that like pushed us to this level to really have a voice for those who don't and to speak about, you know, uh, issues that we believe in or speak about communities that don't necessarily look like us and 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 really dig deep into, you know, trying to create positive change. And I think um, using the national team's platform, using our platforms, using our platform together, and then, you know, NWSL platform and then our club platform. It's like we have all of these little mini platforms that we can actually start engaging people in real conversation. And that's what, you know, I think we try to do every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it, oh, sorry. Do yeah. No, I just I think it's, and I can't speak for Ali because we ha- we we have two totally different journeys. But mm-hmm. what I also started noticing is every success, like it didn't bring me joy. I know that sounds so crazy, but I've really won almost at every level, and I think most people who sit in these mm-hmm. positions are always like, okay, what's next? Mm-hmm. What's next? What's next? Because I don't think you would continue winning, 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 winning unless you had that mentality. Right. And I think as I continued my journey, I learned very quickly that soccer um, is what I do. It's not who I am. So I think that connection was really, really important mm-hmm. that soccer is my job. It is absolutely not who I am as a person or you know, just like Ali said, like, I want people to see me. Like, if if anything, when this game is done, I want to be known for the person I was or mm-hmm. how I really connected and saw people than winning World Cups and national championships and mm-hmm. high school championships and All-Americans and all, because it, it really, like, those things will sit on a shelf and collect dust. And most of them, like, are in our storage unit. Like, that's not who yeah. we are. Like, that doesn't bring joy to me personally. Mm-hmm. Like it is, I've worked very hard for these accolades and, but 
I want to move people. I want to, like visibility we talk mm-hmm. about so often. There is nothing better than after a game, someone coming up and saying how we impacted their life. And it had nothing to do with soccer. Mm-hmm. Soccer is the link. It is what we do. It is not who we are. So that to me is like, I'm in a good spot. Mm -hmm. We are in a good spot because we are literally changing people's lives and saving people's lives just being who we are Mm -hmm. and being public and being visible with it Mm -hmm. and showing what is possible and that, you know, people don't have to hide who they are, who they love, um, that like, you know, we are creating within our stadium, a safe environment where people can show up and just be who they want to be mm-hmm. and be celebrated for it. You know, it's, it's so, um, it's really moving listening to you guys talk about this, quite honestly, because I've known you both for years. And Ashlyn, you know, maybe you even a little bit more because we lived together in mm-hmm. college for a couple mm-hmm. of years. But to see you both um, express aspects of yourself very publicly that I didn't even know about you, or maybe you you didn't even know about yourselves over the years. And mm-hmm. to see that journey just kind of from afar, because we haven't, mm-hmm. you know, lived together since or been that close since, um, it's been really interesting to me and really eye-opening. And I think, you know, your um, how genuine you guys are and your transparency about the struggles along with the great parts is, mm-hmm. it really is moving for people. Because like you said, you know, you see somebody with the World Cup and standing there posing with the trophy. And behind that, is so much complication and difficulty and nobody's immune from, mm-hmm. like that trophy doesn't make you immune from life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really, I respect, you know, the journeys that you guys are on to be open about the whole thing, not mm-hmm. just not just the beautiful parts. Um, so, you know, you both mentioned the national team and that platform. Mm-hmm. I want to, before we start to wrap up, I want to get into um, the national team on both the men's and women's side. And I have a question for you guys. You know, either of you, if you can jump in and answer this, but curious, you've both been part of our national team culture over a lot of change and a lot mm-hmm. of years of it and seen uh, a lot of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. What do you think? You know, there's always this talk of the rest of the world is catching up and we've been the leaders on the women's side at the national team level for mm-hmm. so long, but we talked about how other other leagues now around the world have maybe had the foresight to have these younger players in and, mm-hmm. and really have had this slightly different development model. What do you think it will take for our women's national team to stay at the top? Or are we are we staying at the top? Like, what's your commentary on that in general? I'll just start by mm-hmm. saying a little something. I think for so long, we've been talking about investment in the yeah. women's game. This is what investment in the women's game looks like. These leagues... Mm -hmm. are doing so well because they're actually pouring money into their women's programs Mm -hmm. at home every weekend. Barcelona having almost 92,000 people Mm -hmm. at their games. Like this is investment in women and it's only going to make them better and more successful on the world stage. So that is my biggest thing. We've been saying this for so long. We've been fighting with our employers for so long about Mm -hmm. investing in the women's program and the women's team. And other countries are finally starting to get it. And now you're seeing the rewards of it. So that's like my biggest thing about there's no coincidence. Like this is exactly what it's supposed to look like. When you invest in women, incredible things can happen. And that's what we're seeing around the world right now. And I think it's so healthy that other countries and other leagues are getting better and better because that'll just light a fire underneath of us to really get our shit together and, and continue to, you know, train harder, be fitter and faster and stronger. And I think that, you know, if we were constantly at the top with no fire underneath of us, it gets, it does get a little bit stale and it's not as motivating. And now that other teams are catching up, so to speak, and other leagues are really pouring money and sponsorships and, you know, fans and supporters are showing up and creating these environments and atmospheres that make players want to play for these clubs and these leagues that, you know, we all see that. And I feel like that is just going to motivate us here in the U.S. to want to do the same. And so I do think it's really healthy. I want to play against the best players in the world, the best teams in the world, or else why are we all playing the sport that we love so much if we're not, you know, in a competitive environment and we don't, you know, have these competitive games that is, you know, making us better every day. So I think 
that's something that, you know, added on to what Ash said, investing in women, investing in the NWSL, investing in, you know, the youth teams. I, I think that that is key and, and a good example of what, yeah. you know, teams in Europe are doing. So are, are we doing that now? Or what, what's the gap? We're getting yeah. there, We're yeah. Getting there. I, I do feel like, obviously, in the United States, there's more, you know, there's a handful of other sports that work constantly competing with and battling with, but that doesn't mean on the female side um, that we can't be the number one sport and the best. And um, I think that, you know, the NWSL is proof of that. It's getting better every single year. The players are getting um, more technical and, and, and more competitive. And so that's really exciting to see. The contracts are obviously a little mm -hmm. bit higher than they, they used to be in the past. And see slowly that we're doing something right and that it's getting, you know, to a, to a place of, of where we deserve it to be. Um, but I do think that there's obviously much more work to be done and, you know, we, we won't stop working until it is, you know, where it should be. Um, but, but it's a good start. And I think 10 years in, um, we're creating such a, like, on any given day, any team can win in this league. And, mm -hmm. and that's what, you know, is keeping players happy and wanting to continue to, to compete. So that's a really good sign. And, um, but I do think we battle with other sports. So that might be, you know, um, something in the United States that is, is hard to compete with just within our, our yeah. sport. We need to cancel all the other ones. Yeah, yeah. we do. Easy. <laughs> that's the solution. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this is something, um, that I, I asked actually Pino had some really interesting insight on this, but I'm really curious about, so the women like success, on the women's side for us is winning. There's no, mm -hmm. like, no question. Mm -hmm. On the men's side, obviously, it's a different picture. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to hear just your, what do you think is success for the men in the World Cup? Like, how far is our men's team from being in a semifinal or, or World Cup final kind of level? Like, are we getting there? Do we have a long way to go when you watch? What do you think? I think anything is possible. Mm -hmm. That's, like, the beauty of football and soccer. Like, anything is possible. I think um, we're getting there. Like, I love seeing, like, Allie and I watch a lot of football on the weekends and being able to see, like, our guys, you know, Pulisic last, yesterday scoring a goal and just seeing their mm -hmm. impact now and turning on the TV and watching these, you know, big-time games and actually seeing American male players in them mm -hmm. is so cool. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's been such a transition in the last probably five years, mm -hmm. which is really great to see. So I think we're getting there. And I love to continue to hear all these young kids are um, going overseas so early to get that experience and to continue building their craft. But at what point can we start developing that here at home? Mm -hmm. um, I think that's an interesting question. Yeah. But I don't know where we'll be. I don't know. But I think anything is possible. And I don't want to say that like, this is an impossible task because anything is possible. Um, I think we are almost there. I think it still will take time. I think we continue to still like elevate the MLS mm -hmm. and, you know, get these guys in positions to compete at, at an early age and get them on the big stage quickly. I think we'll continue to see the benefits of it. But I'm like, I believe in our guys. I'm hopeful every time, mm -hmm. you know, we support them mm -hmm. all, always through and through. And there's such a great pool to choose from at this point, better than we've ever had. Mm -hmm. So to me, I'm, I'm, I don't want any excuses. I just want to see them compete and believe in themselves and get to positions where they can actually like win games mm -hmm. and win group stages mm -hmm. and believe in, you know, their process as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm hopeful for it. Like I've seen them play some incredible football. Um, so if they continue to lean in on that, I'm hopeful we'll do really well at the World Cup. I think just like us though, like putting yourself in a position to, you know, challenge you mm -hmm. and and make you grow, which is go go overseas early on. And for the men, I mean, MLS, yes, it's growing and it's, you know, getting better every year and it's very competitive. And um, and I really enjoy watching mm -hmm. a lot of the MLS games as well. But I do think that, you know, Europe will really challenge um, our men's team, um, specifically those individual players who have gone and they've been successful. And it's just such a joy to see. And then they come back to the team and 
I don't know. I, I just feel like they're bringing that type of style into um, our American style. And it's just, it's good to see how much they've grown in the short amount mm-hmm. of time since, you know, we hadn't qualified for the World Cup, you know, four or five years ago. And now it's just completely different. And I do feel like that is a benefit of a lot of, you know, younger uh, male players going overseas and getting that experience and then bringing it back to the team. And so I do believe that anything is possible as well. I do believe in our men's team and I, I think they're on like a really good path to success. And I'm just excited that now we can watch them in the world cup and and just really get behind them and, um, support them. And, and I do feel like we have a decent group uh, that we can get out of and and move on. But yeah, I, I feel like the model is um, is really, really good overseas. And I think that if they can get in there early and continue to challenge themselves, then, yeah, we're off to a good start. I agree. Yeah. Well, that is a good point that we they got to be there for anything to happen. So mm-hmm. good start to it. Yeah. Um, okay. So to wrap up, we have uh, what we call the false nine, which is like nine <laughs> rapid fire questions. Oh, dear. Okay. Um, yeah. So we'll go, uh, we'll kind of alternate who starts to answer mm-hmm. just whatever comes to your head first. Um, well, so we just talked about watching football. What all-time match would you want to attend in person? We'll start with you, Ali. A uh, Champions League final of Chelsea FC is playing. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. How about you? Oh, gosh. Wait, wait. Ask me the question again. What are you All-time asking? match. It could be a match that happened in the past that you were like, oh, I wish I was there in person. Okay. A match in the future that will occur. Yeah, I honestly would have loved to seen um, the Barcelona game the other night oh, with the, the record. I, you mm-hmm. guys, I have to say, I would have really loved I would have, I really wanted to see that in person to, to say, wow, we're, we have helped yeah. build that. Yeah. Because I can personally, I really feel like we have helped build that, all of us. The fact that there are 92,000 yeah. people at a club game, Insane. unbelievable. Yeah. I was actually texting with someone, we won't get too sidetracked, but who was at the game and sent me like a 15 second insane. video. And I had the chills. Mm-hmm. It was, I actually tried to zoom in because I couldn't tell mm-hmm. if it was women or men on the field <laughs> because there were, the game hadn't started and people were on their feet mm-hmm. chanting. Mm-hmm. There were flags going. And I was like, this is what I thought as a kid, yeah. this is what I thought I was going to be doing. And right. at times we all know it didn't quite look like that right. for us. So to see that, that mm-hmm. it, that's real now, it's, it was uh, And imagine like how like motivating that is uh, and oh. how like happy as players you can be showing up and walking out into a stadium like that week. There's nothing better. There's nothing better. But yeah. I do all, I feel like all of us like have paved that way for right. this mm-hmm. generation to be able to walk out and experience, and, and experience mm-hmm. that. And like, it's a really cool part to, to mm-hmm. see at yeah. this yeah. point. Um, okay. So Ashton, we'll start with yeah. you here. Uh, someone has to take a penalty to save your life. Who's taking your penalty? Cristiano Ronaldo. How about you, Allie? Not Allie? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Not saving my life, honey. Um, probably Mayor Pino. Okay. We'll oh, make sure, so make sure she's practicing. Uh-huh. <laughs> I covered um, you. First match you remember watching? Probably the World Cup match live in D.C. that I saw with the national, women's national team. Yeah, and the 99ers winning um, the mm-hmm. gold was mm-hmm. the first yeah. one I watched on TV. It's amazing how many people will reference that, myself included, mm-hmm. as yeah. like a, yeah. a huge turning point. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Ashlyn, who did you have a poster of in your room growing up? Tony Hawk, not soccer player. Tony Hawk. <laughs> Love it. Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> Insane. Too good. Yeah, and Sync actually, I think, did a halftime performance at the opening game of the 99 World Cup. Oh Heyo talks about that. That was like Maybe why she went to the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, favorite stadium you've played in? Probably Frankfurt. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite stadium I've played in? Oh, dear. Yeah, I would probably say uh, when we were in France, PSG mm-hmm. was one of my favorite stadiums. Yeah. There's something about the old European stadiums. Mm-hmm. It's it's special. Yeah, um, all-time concert you'd want to attend. One you've been to that's the best or one you haven't that you want to? Um, one of my favorite was seeing Celine Dion in Caesar's Palace at her last performance. Her, when I went with her, uh, Monica Loveman, to her last performance. Like, I don't even know what year it was. It was a long time ago. Do you want to do a demo of what it sounded like? <laughs> no. Actually, <gasps> No. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was um, Janet Jackson, the Velvet Rope Tour when I was in seventh grade. 
Good one, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, your favorite pair of sneakers. Or I don't know if now you have to you have to say you could do favorite pair of shoes. Oh my gosh, her yeah. Valentinos, please. My big old butch stompers. <laughs> my Valentinos. <laughs> I did say, I did say, by the way, when they entered when they entered the house, I said that. You don't have to take your shoes off in my house if your shoes are nicer than my floor. So <laughs> yeah. they both kept their on. I don't have shoes on. Um, gosh, I don't know any of any pair of my like tennis shoes that are like so comfy. Those are really cool ones. Yeah, by the way. you have right? the, like, sambas? the sambas. You have yeah, the sambas are. Are you yeah. kidding? Me? I used to yeah. play in indoor soccer with those. Yeah, I love them. Yeah, amazing. Uh, go to snack. We don't have time to snack. It's probably kind of peanut butter pretzels. She it's, does. Well, oh, I'm fine. I like way. chew on Sloan snacks. So it's either a Pop Tart or a Go Go Squeeze. <laughs> I hear you on <laughs> you know, that. Like, I'm like, oh, you're not finishing that? Chips. Mommy will. Oh my That's, God. Those are my meals too, yeah. the leftovers. Um, pick up pet peeve. So I know you guys have played pick up with guys mm. and stuff over the years. What's like, what's the most annoying thing someone could do? When people are like acting, it's like a World Cup final and trying to tackle the shit out of you. I'm like, well, that's because you've actually been in the World Cup final. They haven't, so. <laughs> but I'm like, relax. Like, let's just all enjoy and like, stay on our yeah. feet. You're going to know this because you we played in college. I hate when balls go out of bounds and people still, like, continue to play. Mm-hmm. Like, if we're doing a crossing and finishing game and someone plays, like, a shit ball and it goes, like, out of bounds and they still cross it, I'm like, no, no, no. You've ruined your chance. It's your fault. And you're done. That's yeah. it. Also, mm-hmm. I know that you hate if, if somebody just puts a ball into the goal when you're in goal, just even if they just sneak it in there, mm-hmm. you're anything. in danger uh-huh. as a player if you, you do that. Nationals yeah. in goal, you like are, you, yeah. might, <laughs> you might be injured. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, you're right. Anything in my net, um, I don't like it. It's like yeah, but part I feel like in five v five, you want to grab it quick, so you put it on the inside. Well, she can put never. it in there. I oh, she knows. Yes. She does it. Oh. it to you. There's never a ball in my goal. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now Ali's like, hmm. Goal fight at home. It's habit. When I see goalkeepers and shooting catch a ball and then throw it back in the net, I'm like. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. I can understand no, that, that though. Your whole job is to keep it out of there. It, so just yeah. don't, don't let any. ever do yeah. that. Yeah. I'm like, a ball comes and I'm like throwing it out yeah. somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. So, okay. I, I really appreciate this conversation. I've known you guys for so many years, mm-hmm. but I learned a lot today. And I, I love hearing you talk about not what you do to your point, Ashton, but who you guys are mm-hmm. and how it's um, how you define yourselves by, by what you do. Mm-hmm. Last question, just to leave people with some inspiration. There will be some players, boys and girls watching this, who dream of the achievements you guys have on your resume. Mm-hmm. What's your advice? We'll start with you, Allie. What's your advice for someone watching who's like, I want to be there one day? Yeah, I mean, I would say two things. Um, control the, the controllables um, and put yourself in situations that make you uncomfortable um, because that will challenge you just to grow. Um, as a person, as a player. So I tried to always play with players who are better than me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say um, enjoy the process. It is a journey. It takes time. It takes patience. Um, I have failed my entire career. Mm-hmm. And that, in those moments of failure, is when I've learned the most about myself and when I've built the most character. So be comfortable in failing because it is going to happen. Um, people are like, what's your cocktail? My cocktail is literally, I just never quit. No matter how hard it got, I mm-hmm. just never quit. It was that simple. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, someone listening is going to one day make it because they heard this. So I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you, uh, you. Thank you yeah. for, the, for your time and your wisdom. I really enjoyed you. it. Thanks enjoyed for it. the coffee. Thanks yeah. for yeah. having yeah, us. We'll be back cold next now. week. I got to refresh. Cheers. Cheers. We'll be back oh, next week. Oh, this is the weekly one? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll have hot coffee next time. Perfect. <laughs>